While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome back to the show. Yeah. I'm Chris McCarthy, and of course, Marcus. as always, Marcus Farrow is here holding the fort down. Uh, this is South Coast tonight. We, are, we have been having a pretty in-depth in, in conversation about the mayor, mayor vetoing and, and accompanying with the veto a rather in-depth letter about why he's... Um, it was a... That, that letter was, by the way, it, it was a disemboweling of the city council. <laughs> and you can read the whole letter yourself at uh, WBSM.com. Tim did a great job, yeah. job putting a story together. Um, the One of the things that's in the letter, Marcus, I found to, to be very, very humorous, is a long, a very long, paragraph-long quote from Edmund Burke. Sir Edmund Burke, the Irish parliamentarian, <laughs> yeah. right? Who John Mitchell includes in the letter a long quote yeah. about <laughs> how to do your job, Right. I mean, it's really incredible. And for those of you who aren't familiar, Edmund Burke was a f contemporary of the Founding Fathers, even though he was in Ireland, supported the American Revolution, and then wrote a long letter criticizing the French Revolution and all the chaos that was caused by the legislators in France who were attempting to do things like seize private property yeah. and overdo the entire structure of government in the city of France. And so I don't think it's any small coincidence that John Mitchell chose I don't that really want to take philosopher. The, yeah, I know. I don't think it's ever... I don't think it's great to take the side of uh, Marie Antoinette, but uh, I did like the quote. Well, he, he was... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was eating cake with Marie Antoinette. Yeah, yeah. He, he was pointing out that yeah. what what was going on in the streets of Paris and the legislators, what they were doing was absolutely outrageous. So anyway, the letter is worth your, your, your you reading. Should, you should read it. It's, I think it's really well written. And I, again, I, it's, it's, we talked about this in the, in the last hour. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to look at this. Like, it's hard to look—I'm not a fly in the wall for conversations between the mayor and, and council president more out of the rest of the city council, No one right? is, because they don't happen. No one—yeah, right, good point. So, um, I'm not a fly in the wall for those conversations, so I can't say who, her, whose feelings first. But what I can say is these ballot questions were antagonizing by nature to the, to the mayor, and these ballot—and so his response was always—except for the rent control one, which, again, I, I think for, you know— but the other two were clearly antagonizing towards the mayor and put there for that purpose. And so well, his response, I think, was, was more than appropriate because these, like you said, they have no public conversation. They're just completely random, and there's no even, like, groundswell, unless, unlike the rent control question, there's no, like, 
backdrop of like a national crisis or anything. There's no backdrop of a citywide crisis or any sort of public discourse. It's just random and, and stupid. And, and I would say, <clears throat> feelings aside, they're damaging to the reputation of the city of New Bedford. Yeah. I, I think that comes through clearly in the mayor's letter where he is saying that this is a, the, the process is chaotic. The, t the questions are chaotic. They are damaging to, to the, the position and the reputation of the city of New Bedford. And he wants to make it clear that as mayor, a strong mayor, he opposes them. He opposes them not only on the merits of the question, but on the process by which they even came to the voters. That people who want to do business in the city of New Bedford ought to understand this is not the city of New Bedford at its finest. Now, that being said, oh, yeah, I think it's incumbent upon the mayor that he goes out and recruits some candidates. So we, well, we, we got some app chat messages. We got Whaling City residents saying, uh, I'm totally embarrassed. Um, I hope somebody runs. There was no candidates last time. Uh, we've got uh, Steve from New Bedford. Um, saying, uh, you know, I bring my kids to Buttonwood Park. I like the Community Preservation Act. It helps keep Buttonwood Park clean and, and, and improved. Um, so we've got uh, Jody. I've never seen Jody before. Jody from New Bedford saying, um, I don't know why I vote for city councilors if they're just going to ask me what I think about stuff. Right. So, yeah, so... Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of frustration here, and I think people sometimes people like to blame us for 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 you know for being too critical. But uh, the problem is 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 that I, I, I'm super. I, I mean, for the last couple of years, I, I've actually been pretty nice to uh, in my coverage of of most of them, and and it's only because of all this stuff happening that's really not like unsettling and frankly embarrassing that um, our coverage of the council has taken a negative turn it's because what's happened is frankly for a lot of people pretty pretty disconcerting i i got flagged down at stop and shop the other day by a friend and they said three ballot questions what's up with that right right, right. <laughs> and and i'm like i'm like i know i don't get it either right so so we're hearing this from a lot of people uh, I've seen I've seen people uh, I've seen friends of mine share Jack Spillane's article on like three ballot questions why you know right. like stuff like that so it's something that we're hearing from everybody and so again there's an opportunity um, for the the council to really I don't know they've got some opportunities ahead of this election season to lead on some important issues and and I hope they take that opportunity instead of doing sort of these parlor tricks. Marcus, I, my, my my point and it has been yours on this the CPA question is that every session we send our senators and our reps to Boston to argue for more money, right? Yes. And here you have a program whereby which... The Community Preservation Act is what CPA stands for, by the way, We get people. more money as a community. We put up a little Automatically. bit. Automatically. We put up a little bit, and we get a lot of it. Back, no one even has right? to ask. And the, pro, the projects, community groups come in, and they make a pitch. And then the city council ultimately gets to decide whether the, whether the projects are worth it. Yeah. There is, uh, it's one of the most transparent processes that you have in all of city government. So how do we go back to the state every year and say we need money for this, we need money for that, when the city council is literally rejecting money? Yeah. Saying, we, not only don't we want, we're not going to contribute, we, we don't want the money. 
we don't want the money. We we don't want we don't want a forty percent match on on uh, on, a, is, on, a, on, a, is, on taxes. It is chaos. And then again, if you could see where they were saying year after year, this project's no go to that. They were taking real work, really working at it. But again, it all comes down to this: they're doing no work. They're collecting a paycheck. They're not having meetings. They're not really, and, and they're not debating things. No. Nobody is coming to the room prepared. I hate to say it. Therefore, when other people in the room maybe disagree, they don't even have the confidence of their convictions to disagree with other councils because they've done no work. Yeah. It's clear they've done no work. Yeah. It, it, no, it, it, exactly. It's, it's really, um, I mean, just again, it's like, well, oh, well, it doesn't, you know, like this whole thing. It doesn't matter what we say. It matters what the people say. It's like they vote for you to know stuff. To do the work. To, to, to know stuff. So That's it, why you get paid. This whole, like, because if you're going to be deferential to things like the, like whether or not the Community Preservation Act should just be randomly gutted, right? right? If you're going to be deferential to that, you might as well just, let's just have a direct democracy and put well, everything and, on the ballot. And by the way, Marcus, by that logic, why are you asking them again? They already spoke. Yeah, right. They voted for the Community yeah. Preservation Act. Within the last They decade. voted for the four-year term. Yeah. So if the people spoke, why are you asking them again? And if we're going to revisit thing, things every few years again, what's the point of you guys? You know? Why? How, how often do you have to ask, does this dress make me look fat? I mean, really, <laughs> before it becomes annoying, right? It, 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 it's, it's, it's just, yeah, it's not... It, it it doesn't make any sense. Uh, and five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is heading in the program. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Chris, can we talk about something differently, or is there something else you want to add to that convers this conversation? Um, no, I like ended on the joke. Does this dress make me look fat? Okay. Um, so no, we can we can move on. All right. So the woman. <laughs> <laughs> so the woman that's running for school committee in Freetown. Yes. <laughs> So, <laughs> this is so funny. So, it, I can't, you can't make it up. This is incredibly funny. So, uh, the woman, Kayla Churchill, the, she's the woman who, um, if you'll remember a few months ago, just started trespassing onto school property to try to make a point about the security. So she started like walking into, try to walk into classrooms and stuff or whatever. And she got arrested and charged, or she didn't get arrested. She got charged with a crime and all that other stuff. Um, uh, she's running for school committee now. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, this is her, uh, I got a copy of her literature. Um, so uh, nowhere does it, it says Freetown mom. It doesn't say accused trespasser, but um, it does say uh, school safety. Okay. Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Yeah. Founding principles. Better than the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> founding principles, civic, founding principles, civics curriculum. Uh, do you know what that is? I would assume it means the founding fathers as a civics curriculum. I don't... Maybe? Well, I think so. That's what f founding principles, meaning the principles of the country. Sure. But but you got to branch beyond that. It's non It's just nondescript. Correct. Yeah. Um, but here's the... here. <laughs> here's where it really... It takes an um, interesting turn. Back to basics. And this part is in cursive. For some reason, this is in cursive, and none of it, all, none of none of the rest of it, is in cursive. Back to basics. The Constitution was written in cursive. Read no, 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 no. The the civic the sit look the civics the founding father civics or whatever that's not in cursive. Oh, oh I see. What you're yeah, yeah. So the back to basics. This this is the part that's in cursive, and it says reading. 
Okay, we should teach our kids reading. Writing, we should definitely teach our kids how to write. Yes. Arithmetic. Arithmetic. Not <laughs> arithmetic. Not arith- Not to be confused with arithmetic. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just arithmetic. Just arithmetic. Just arithmetic. <laughs> that's, I think that's a disqualifier. Ri- ri- <laughs> if you can't spell arithmetic or even recognize that someone spelled it wrong and that, that, you'd, that, you, that, you, would, that you would aggrandize the, that with your picture, um, I think it's a disqualifier. And even if you were doing it to try to like make it slang, it's still stupid. It's, it's because it, it's not the right place in time. Reading, writing, arithmetic. When, you, when you're supposed to be impressing the voters. I'm surprised she didn't spell writing with an R. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, the, the, so she maybe literally thinks it's the three R's? No, no, she, she didn't spell. Yeah. <laughs> so she thinks it's the two W's in that weird R? Reading, writing. Not arith- WWA. Arithmetic. Reading, writing. Arithmetic. Arithmetic. The three R. That's, I don't know. That's uh, that's the famous quote from Bill Clinton at the the the, the 2012 Democratic Convention. I get the imp- arithmetic. So look, I think her point about school security is a good one, but I, she went really all about it very wrong. Um, that could have yeah. been that could have been catastrophic. Yeah. Um, you know, as a former student of the Freetown uh, Public Schools, um, I can imagine there were a lot of people in that school um, who really cared a lot about the students. And if you just wandered into the school, they might have stopped you out, out of a real concern. Yeah. And, and if you said, well, I'm, if you got into a bizarre conversation like, I'm here to test the security, it could have gone horribly wrong. I agree. And also resulted in the Freetown police being called out for something they don't need to be at. And any time you can avoid a police confrontation at the school is a good thing. Yeah, I I, I would I would I would I would agree I would agree with that. And and so Miss Churchill, I get it. Um she was concerned, but I think her her how do I say this? Her her solution or her, her own a uh, security test, her, her red team. That's what you call that in the military, Marcus, the red team. For instance, when you're doing physical security, so say you, say you have a military police unit and they're guarding a power plant, the red team would be someone like a Navy SEALs team that's not going to really kill you, but they'll go in and try to overtake the power plant. Sure. So the fact that she pulled her own, her own red team and, yeah, inf- right. and infiltrated the schools yeah. is not good. No, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's not. really dangerous. It is really dangerous to and, come up with your own red team. Yeah, and, yeah, right, exactly. And it's kind of, yeah, it's and, really dangerous. It's dangerous, and it's like I'm gonna, you know, like I'm if, gonna make a point by invading the school and scaring other people's parents, right? Because like they're yes. thinking, oh, this crazy mom is walking around the school. Like that would scare. That would, <laughs> right. It, it it's it it was a really irresponsible. You know what? You know what, Marcus? It goes to her thought process. She yeah. might be a very nice woman. She obviously has kids in schools, and she obviously cares about them. But her thought process is not um, constructive. And, 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 and I don't know the woman, but I'm just saying to act that impulsively 
Arithmetic is actually even spelled wrong. Like, even if you were to take the A off of arithmetic, this is still spelled wrong. The fact that, I mean, look, maybe, maybe, maybe one of her volunteers Rhythmatic. did it, but the fact that she didn't proofread it. Yeah. No, no. The fact that she didn't proofread it, it's got her picture on it. It's got, um, you know, it's hers, so she owns it. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just, um, look, I encourage people to run for school committee. It's a thankless job. <laughs> yeah. But um, not everybody. The Well, <laughs> we'll give the voters their choice, right? I suppose. 508-99. Oh, to that end, actually, we have a couple of candidates for Dartmouth School Committee on tomorrow. Um, uh, Kathleen Amaral and then uh, Eric Morenzi. They're going to be joining me at uh, 7 and 8 o'clock. And then we'll get an update from the city council, who I'm sure is going to have uh, some stuff to say. Uh, in the next meeting about uh, Mayor Mitchell and his him being a, a, a big meanie. So 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program, or we'll take your app chat messages. I, I got to take this break. We'll be right back. Hey, let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Uh, you guys are completely uh, right on point when you're saying it's been chaos ever since Morax took it over. That's for sure, 100%. I witnessed it firsthand. And not only that, the way she's been disrespecting Ian Abreu for 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 uh, quite a while now. Well, you know what I noticed that's interesting. She always has like a buddy on of hers on on Tim's show, but she Ian. she never asked Ian. Yeah, right. yeah, right. and it just happens to be he's the number one vote getter and uh, pushed her down the list. And I I, I just have a feeling uh, that's probably the main reason, if not the only reason, why. Uh, she has it out for him. And it's a shame because Ian's a, a smart young man and he contributes a lot to the city. And, and uh, I personally think uh, he, he is going to be the next mayor. But, you know, well, I don't... Well, Ian Abreu did a very good job as city council president. We all saw it. We watched it. Yeah. In fact, as I said about a couple months into Linda's term, I said, I think we're all going to look back and say... We really didn't appreciate Ian Abrams' leadership as city council well, president well, as much as we should have. Well, and when Ian had to go on vacation and Linda took the meeting over because she was second in, in command. Yes, that's she, correct. She derailed the whole thing. She kicked the capital plan um, back to committee. And then it took another three months to pass that capital expenditure plan, the borrowing plan, the interest rates went up. And, and then in that time they kicked it out, they gutted the, the renovation of the downtown police station. So it's like even in the, in the short sample size that we had during Ian's term of her leadership, it was absolutely chaos caller you're you're in the city council you've been there a lot for a number of years uh what are you seeing well uh what i see is unfortunately uh she's having an influence on the younger councilors and that's i think the 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 the, the worst part of this whole thing uh we'll get over all the uh you know the chaos and and the drama and, and 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 all all the acting and all that but but the impression that it's leaving on the young councilors, like the ward councilor of Ward Six, uh, Ward Four, uh, the at-large councilor Shane Burgo, and I don't think they're learning the basic skills that they should from a from a councilor that's been there for a while, a veteran councilor, and I think that's unfortunate because in the past, like like a Rogers or even a Saunders, and you know I'm not a Saunders fan, uh, there was a lot to be learned there. They knew how to maneuver politically. Uh, to get things done. Not everything was perfect, but at least uh, things ran smoother. They did uh, work and set an example by doing work. Boy, you, you, it's, a, right. it's a very interesting observation, Carlos. Yeah. And somebody would have spoke up and set it straight. And now uh, I, I feel as though people are afraid 
to speak up against Miss Morad because uh, she is quite. Uh, <laughs> let's just say, if you get on her bad side, uh, you, you know she's not quite friendly. <laughs> As I learned, unfortunately, in the hallways of. Uh, Right near uh, the the anti chamber, the uh, Willis Hoffman chamber. I mean, should should the city council really be friends in, in any way? Right. Well, you know, they've got to respect each other, of course. Um, but you get respect by doing the work. All right. So you do the work, even if you come to a different conclusion than your colleagues. But what it, what it appears to me is that you have colleague, you have you have city councilors who are not doing the work. And so they're going along to get along. They're being intimidated by other colleagues who they believe are superior to them because they know they Correct. didn't do the work. That's how I feel. And, you know, when, when it comes to the whole meeting at a restaurant thing, that's always I've always felt very uncomfortable about that. Uh, you know, to have well, that. Well, it's a violation of state law. Well, it'd be one thing if they were just going out having dinner and wanting to like, oh, let's highlight Cafe Mimo or whatever. But it's like, it, it's, it, it seems as though when you have that, those dinners next to, uh, but uh, like support with, along with them just seamlessly passing these super, super consequential <laughs> policy <laughs> questions. Right? <laughs> yeah, time. yeah. Just like, <laughs> it just it, unanimously without even having any thought or, or really any, any real comments on the record. Even if nothing, and even if it never took place in that way, it, it's the matter of the perception. Yes, exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. And that's enough for people to yeah. have a bad in their mouth and never mind have a distrust in city government, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I hope they get their act together because it's unfortunate. And, and and the same comment, I, I've I, I haven't always liked Miss Smart, but I've always felt she was one of the smarter people. Oh, there. Absolutely, and and a, a little bit more conservative, and I kind of like that and, and everything. And, but it's unfortunate that that you know she, you know, I don't know if it's because she lost the mayor race or she's come into third or fourth place, whatever it is at the count uh, with that large race. I don't know what it is. But she has a vengeance, uh, and, and it's uh, it clouded her, 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 her judgment. I don't think it's working out for the city council. Anyway, have a good night, guys. Thanks. Thanks to call. Look, you know, we can talk about how smart she is and all that. And sure, she's smart. But it's not like I don't think it's really helpful anymore because, frankly, like my, my first interaction with the council president is when she was a counselor at large and I was in a traffic commission meeting and I was asking for a reasonable accommodation for a disability for uh, a friend of mine. I was representing them. I wasn't getting paid. It was just something I was doing voluntarily right. because they're intimidated by the process. And, right. you know. I think Council President Morad showed why people should be intimidated by the process because she decided to basically accuse one of her own constituents of faking a disability. But she also said, and this is an actual verbatim quote. Right. You can find the audio and I, I might pull it up one day. But she literally said, I dislike the millions of handicapped parking spaces in the city. She said that right. to me and on the record. And she said that people with disabilities should spend their own money to deal with their own problems, right? So we can talk about how smart she is and, and how... And she used uh, this as an argument to persuade them, the body. And she used it as an argument to persuade the traffic... She a legitimate argument. Yeah, and then there's a guy who's on the tra- still on the traffic commission, um, Manny Silva, who's still on the traffic commission for whatever reason, who decided to vote... Uh, to, who decided to take her advice and vote against it. And at the time, you needed like six people to vote. And he was... He, there were only six people there. So that it was a four to... It failed four to one. That process is messed up. But that's that's a whole other conversation. But the fact of the matter... The, the fact of the matter is, is that, I, you know, she's using her... Posi- she's been using her position of power 
power. It's very clear and based on my observation and based on my own personal experience representing somebody with a legitimate disability that she decided to say on the record wasn't legitimate despite having no proof um, that that she's using her position of power in a corrupt and abusive way. I'm sorry. That is not to 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 start putting forward these these random ballot questions to accuse uh, residents with disabilities of faking it or telling them to spend their own money for problems that they that they have right and saying you dislike handicapped parking right doing doing all that is an abuse of your office and it's it's and it, if, it's, if I'm not incorrect uh, not making reasonable accommodations for the handicapped is illegal. Yes, it is illegal. So, I mean, so the, as the city council, she's advising the traffic commission. Yeah, and 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 that was so so uh, because they rejected it, they had to. M- the, my friend had to wait a year, and they right. ended up getting it. Right. Um, that same guy that voted against it still decided that he wanted to, didn't want to accommodate somebody with disabilities, and I think one of his friends also decided that they didn't want to accommodate somebody with disabilities. Um, so, uh, but um, but they took they had taken the the advice, and they they, they were emboldened by a city councilor who had said. I dislike handicapped parking, and people who are disabled should basically pay for their own problems. And then to make such an obvious exaggeration, say there's millions of handicapped spots. Yes. It's, it's a, it's, look, it's a ridiculous exaggeration. Yeah. It, it is not truthful. To, to, to use it, uh, you know, to, to influence people, it just, just, look, that type of stuff, again, it's not, doesn't belong in the and, public... And, Domain. And so I get stuff like, oh, you're really hard on, on Morad and all this other stuff. I'm like, well, my first interaction with her, and this is as somebody who's a sibling of an individual with disabilities, who's spent a lot of time professionally now and even uh, on my volunteer time, I'm a chairperson of Commission on Disabilities, right, uh, advocating for individuals with disabilities and for more accessible um, cities and towns. Um, to, to have a, a member in a, in a position of power just say to me and say to everybody on the record that they dislike handicapped parking and that people with disabilities should pay for their own problems or deal with their own problems uh, it was really was really shocking and like no I, I mean I mean it, it, it's imp- it's like almost impossible to get over because we, st- we still haven't heard an apology for that and Marks I, I think we've got to make sure the as I know it I know you know it Linda Morad specifically went to that meeting. Well, she was, it was all, it was all, I don't know what she was there for. It was, it was remote. Um, it was, it was all remote, but she was at the meeting. She was at the meeting. I, I it wasn't a city council meeting. No, it was a traffic commission meeting. Right. So she didn't have to be there. Right. Yeah. She wasn't, because there's two city councilors that sit on the traffic commission. She wasn't one of them. Right. Yeah. So she was there on Out her own. Out of her way to try to jam up a handicapped person. Yep. So she wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. Think about that. She was, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, right. It wasn't, no one asked she her to do She doesn't do, do committee meetings, but that one she went And then to. months later, she filed a letter to be referred to the traffic commission. And that letter had said... Uh, on it, it was a letter from an uh, who I a person I can only assume is a deranged and terrible person that said that uh, that complained about handicapped parking in his neighborhood. By the way, I drove by the neighborhood he had talked about. There was no space. There was no handicapped space there. So the person was also a liar, and uh, and and uh, had said, um, you know, I'm si- signed it as a resident who doesn't have the quote unquote 
luxury of handicapped parking. So she took a letter from somebody that said handicapped parking was a luxury. And then she brought it to the city council to be referred to the traffic commission. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's sort of that's the, the kind of work she's doing for you folks. That's the root of, and this was a, this was a few years back. I mean, this was a, this was a couple of years ago, but this is like, you know, we're seeing this behavior continue right now. And, and, and frankly, it's really disconcerting. Again, this was my experience and I've seen that now I'm seeing this behavior continue. It's really disconcerting to me that we have a council that, that, that shows such disdain for reasonable accommodations made for people with disabilities. And the previous caller, Marcus, I think made a very strong observation. I hadn't thought about it this way. But the way she's leading around two blank slate, blank slate counselors, to, you know, and I don't mean that. I mean, they're fresh. They're new. You learn. I was once a young man on, in my first years on a legislative body. Yeah. You do take a clue from the other people. Of course. You do learn. You are a blank slate. So the fact that she's teaching them to do things like this, that that's okay. And we know that Council Burgo looks up to her. We know that Council Pereira looks up They've to her. They've said as much. They've said it. Yeah. It is a real... Um, and they're both good guys. And for them to have put their faith in hers is really unfortunate. It, it is unfortunate. You, you hope in the, in, the, in the coming months there's an opportunity for the city council to really lead on some issues, some really important issues, and you hope they do that instead of putting forward these ballot questions, complaining about the mayor and all of that. Now, granted, listen, I'm not going to say the mayor is absolved from any conflict he has with the city council. There might be some fault there, but... It's a natural relationship. You're going to have conflicts. That's okay. We get that. Yeah, no, of absolutely. So, so there's always going to be some conflicts within the council and within the mayor. But there's opportunities to lead here. There's important stuff to do. There's a lot of people that need a lot of help, and you, you hope they move forward to do that instead of asking people a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and again, I, I I say this. Look, Councilor Pereira comes. He's he's a good guy, and uh, he comes from a from a background that understands the construction industry. He knows better than many people on that council. You're going to build your way out of the housing crisis. Mm-hmm. You're not going to pass rent restrictions. That's not going to get you new units. It's not going to cause your supply problem. It's quite frankly, we have a supply problem. It's not a price problem in New Bedford. You don't have an influx of well-paid workers who are outbidding the real estate. That's right. not what's going on. As you do have that in Boston, you do. Right. Um, I don't know that that rent control proposal is going to get you where you want to go. But I'm telling you that without a lot of documentation telling the public why you have the housing crisis you have, you're never going to get anywhere. And simply asking the voters, yeah, let's pass a law. That'll It's not. And so, so for Councilor Pereira, I get it. He wants to be supportive of his colleagues. And yeah. I get that politically he wants to have a solution. Yeah. But he knows better. He knows you're going to have to build your way out of this. I think Councilor Pereira has some legitimate com- issues with the mayor. Well, and he, he talked... On the developers. Yeah, and, and, and he, he actually always... He actually brought up really good points um, to his credit. He talked about 
um, you know, the need for a, a, a much easier permitting process, right. you know, and we, we've, we've heard that from other people. I remember hearing a caller say that they had a project where three engineers didn't want to come into New Bedford at all. And like, right. that's a problem, that's right? A so there problem. needs to be a more, uh, a more business friendly environment for, um, for people who want to develop here. I, I think those are all re- real legitimate points. And those are, those are the ones that really need to be put forward. And he sits on the housing committee and, and he, and, and he gets along very well with Councilor Burgo and he, he, he probably should have nudged Councillor Burgo to say, let's have another meeting. Maybe you have one this month, this year. They yeah. haven't had any yet this year. Have a meeting. Let me bring in these developers. Yeah. Who can, t- oh, the engineers, whoever, if they'll mm-hmm. show up, to talk about what this process and what the problems are. But they're not doing that. It's not, without doing the work, the only it's thing very tough to the, take the, on the matter. Really, the only thing we've seen so far this year are. The Morad's pay raises, right, and these ballot questions, and she's leading these councilors down the wrong road. All of them, really, all of them. Yeah, they're all going to have to to stand for election, and they're going to. I and and we, you know, they're they're going to have to answer for all of this. Like, hey, hey, why, like, why are you doing this instead of this? Right. You know, and, and so it's like, again, I, I, I. I I like most of them individually. I think most of them individually are good people trying to do a good job. But the fact of the matter is the city council as a body right now is not displaying the type of leadership that you expect from a, a city legislative body. And and they have an opportunity to do that going forward, and you hope they take it. Nowhere in, in her rebuttal to Mayor Mitchell does city council president Morad point to some work they did. Right. She just says we did it. Yeah, We're supposed to take her at her word, yeah. even though we have we have records that show they didn't yeah. do the work. There is no work. There's no there's there's no work behind it. All we have is oh, I got phone calls, right? And nobody else did, right? She <laughs> nobody else did. You have the fact that Councilor Markey, she she she's disputes oh with Councilor Markey. He says, look, I I only pay thirty six. $30. And she, she said, check your tax she, bill. She says, check your... She not only... She's not only I don't know whether she's calling him a liar or saying he doesn't know how to read his tax bill. Yeah. I mean, it was an outrageous, really, attack on another counselor. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that um, the counselor just sat down mm-hmm. is not a good look. And I like Counselor Markey, but the fact that he just sat down well, and took that kind of abuse... I think Brad's a nice guy. He made the right vote. So, because he voted, he voted against um, abolishing he, the CPA. He voted against abolishing the CPA. So he he made the right choice. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Download the WBSM app and listen to us everywhere. The voices in the night that cover the news of the day. I heard the voices too. Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. More of South Coast tonight happens now on WBSM. Um. Welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Chris McCarthy. As always, Marcus Farrow is here as well. So, Marcus, we were talking off the air. Um, and we'll ask the mayor when we have him in next week. But yeah. quite frankly, the mayor, it is, it is incumbent upon him to go out and yeah. recruit some people to join the, the city council races. Um, I know he's got a lot of other things to do. And I recognize that the mayor has wanted to stay above it. But the city's future 
is too important. Well, well, and here's the I think the position that um, here's the position I, 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 I think that we're in on this. Right? It's not. I'm not calling for anyone's job. I don't think we're calling for people's job. But what we're calling for is an honest competition. Correct. If there's an honest competition, there's no complacency, and there's a, a, a will and a desire to do something. And right now, it's hard to say that there is really something that's really, really productive that's being done on the council. So It's actually the opposite. It, it's destructive. Yeah. It's a, it is a destructive environment that yeah. it is going to require new blood. I've always, and listen, we've, we've always, I've always had, you know, all the counselors on this, we've had all of them, like almost all of them on the program. We've always, you know, always had good conversations about stuff to do, but, um, and more, I'm looking forward to having more of those, but right now it's, it's just this, these ballot questions are dominating the conversation. And if they want to complain about that, which they will, they'll complain about it. And then they say, don't point to, you know, why don't you point to the other things that we're doing? We'll, we'll say, this is your fault because you're the ones that made it about these ballot questions. Look, when you go out and ask the voters to give their opinion without any information, it's incumbent upon me to give the information. Yeah. Right? Where else are they going to find it? As yeah. the mayor puts in his letter, these conversations do happen on talk radio. But um, that's where you get opinions from you as a counselor. Then you take those to the floor. Yeah. Not turn around and ask the voters. But what I'm saying is that <laughs> to just... What do you think? Right. To... to, to the, the mayor has the ability to talent spot. He has people all over the city. People who would, who would like, I think, to join him in legislating the future of the city. I know it's putting another thing on his plate, and he's got a busy, busy agenda. But really, you cannot let the city continue to be have this chaos in the legislative body. It's such a public display of chaos and instability that is going on when you have elections coming up. Yeah. I think there are people in that city council that would like to do other things yeah. and be a part of this chaos. Well, th- we know that because, like I said, Councillor Burgo and, and Pereira came on to, to, to separate themselves right. from a chaotic meeting, I remember. Right. We appreciated that. Uh, let's take one more break so we can finish out the hour strong. <clears throat> so, uh, Chris. Marcus. Um, what, uh, what movies have you watched lately? <laughs> You know what movie I, I saw, um, I was told to watch, all right? Um, we got in this conversation at dialysis um, where I'm there for five hours, so you, you got to come up with some material, yeah. right? It's only two more hours in here, but nonetheless. Yeah. So th- nobody there is a professional, though, <laughs> right? So um, they told me to watch Shrek. That I w- they said, you would like Shrek. You've never seen Shrek? Well, I've, and, I, and I said to them, no, and I'll show you my driver's license to prove it. Right? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. If I was in the Shrek theater, it would have been a little odd. Yeah. But of course, you don't see movies in theaters, do you? You know what? Actually, I prefer it. I pref- no, now you do, but... I prefer to see movies in theaters, and sometimes... Much better. Sometimes I go... I, sometimes I actually go alone uh, if I can't find anybody to go with, because right. why would well, I... I used to go to theaters all the time alone when I worked, I worked an odd shift. Yeah. And so I would, I, I'd bring nobody else around, and I would go in the afternoon and stuff like that. Well, I remember one time I went to go see a, uh, it was a Marvel movie, right? And I was, so I went, I went by myself, because whatever, my friends weren't around, so I went by Is myself. There, yeah. I was sitting in the front row, and then there was another person sitting by themselves in the front row, and they were 
you know, just hanging out, like whatever. And I'm like, this person's weird. What are they doing? Like, what's this weirdo doing? And then I'm like, oh wait, he's here by himself. I'm here by myself. He's, he's just like making about yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. exactly. Right. Um, the they told me I would. These people, they're all younger, right? Yeah. Uh, mostly who were there, and um, everybody else older than me who was there is dead. So the, um, so the so the um, they told me I would like Shrek. Okay. And they were telling me all the reasons why I would like it, mm-hmm. and that there's a lot of double entendres. Basically, they said a lot of the movie was written for the for the parents who would be bringing their kids. Yeah. That there's there, there's jokes in there that you you that kids obviously wouldn't get. But that adults would get, yeah. and um, so for that reason, I, I th- I'm I'm looking forward to watching Shrek. Um, it's a good movie. It's well casted, right? And uh, the animation really stands up. You know, even despite being a, Eddie Murphy is in it. Eddie Murphy is the second lead. Yeah. So I like Eddie Murphy. Yeah. But, but I'm but assured it's going to be different than the Eddie Murphy movies I've seen <laughs> in the past. <laughs> I would I would say it's different than uh, you Raw. Know, or Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop was a hilarious movie. Yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah, I watched that in the theaters. I uh, it came out in the nineteen eighties. I watched yeah. it in the theaters when he's hanging off the back of the van, back of the mm-hmm. truck, and they're playing the Pointer Sisters. That is a great scene. Um. So. Uh, so um. We got. By the way, for more on this story we were talking about in the last yeah. hour, go to WBSM.com. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I missed some app chat messages, and I'll, I'll pick them up tomorrow. Um, I don't have time uh, to do it now. But let them, we'll, we'll let them um, marinate. Marinate overnight. Yeah. I was going to say fester, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> some of the, some, some, this one some is, of them fester. This is actually a good, valuable, uh, some of this is really good, valuable input. Um, but I, I just, um, I don't have the time, so I'll, I'll get to them. Uh, you sure you don't have the time? Yeah. Don't don't do that. <laughs> to read it. Don't call me out on the air like that. <laughs> well, I just I mean, I think that how long's the message? It's long. It's long? Yeah, so I don't have the time to read it. <laughs> you can't abbreviate it? No, no. I'm just trying to kill time. <laughs> you see what I'm doing? Time. You're trying to filibuster the time. Um yeah, uh I can't read I can't I, Come I, on, donkey. I can't, I can't. All right, I did see part of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, donkey. Ogres have layers. Yeah. Come on, donkey. Um, uh, (laughs) You're a Democrat. Donkey. (laughs) John Lithgow's really good. You know, Aaron Burke, a friend of the show, worked worked at the PR agency that represented John Lithgow. Oh, wow. And one time they screwed cool. something up really bad. Aaron didn't, but Aaron just answered the phone. He was a temp. Yeah. And John Lithgow called all angry. Really? I, I imagine that's really... John Lithgow, like, angrily ranting at somebody, I imagine it's quite a thing. And his PR his... agent was the daughter of Al Michaels. Okay. The sports yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, I guess was a really nice person, as Aaron said. She was a very nice. He was just there as a temp working. He was living in Hollywood and he had to have a job. That's cool. He was a temp. Yeah. That's cool. John Lithgow. Yeah. Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. Yeah. Dexter, too. You seen Dexter? You know, it's a serial killer show, right? It is. Um, serial killer is, in fact, the protagonist. Yeah. But he's also like the, the part of the police, right? He, he's a blood spatter analyst. 
Yeah. So he goes to his own crime scenes. Uh, no, he doesn't leave crime scenes, but he goes to crime scenes to figure out who did it and then uh, just find them before the police do. And that's how he... Uh, 